Welcome to the Of Course You Did podcast, your go-to source for brain-based mindset tools and highly effective business strategies that will help you create a truly aligned business. I'm your host, Brooke Alexander. I started out having no idea how to coach people or how to build a successful business to building an internationally accredited coach training and certification program, the Created Coach Method the most interactive, high-touch online NLP and coach training experience. Each week, we're going to dive into the concepts, skills, and methods that will help you increase your impact, profits, and authority. Want to learn how you can become a standout coach? Join my free training, which walks you through the exact things you need to focus on to become the go-to coach at createdmindacademy.com slash standoutcoach. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. As usual, I'm really excited to be sharing this one with you. So today, as you can tell from the title, we're going to talk about how I created a coaching certification. And I want to break this down for you so that you can see exactly what goes into creating a high value, high touch offer and how it's changed over time. Because when I first put the creative coach method together, it was meant to be an in-person training. It was a seven day live training and I ran it once and then COVID happened. I literally, it was February 2nd, 2020 was the very first one. And then we quickly had to, well, it didn't happen quickly. And then I had to shift. I still held on to the hope that it was going to be an in-person training. I still, I really wanted that at the time. I thought that was what I really wanted, but the universe, the planet had other plans and I shifted everything into an online certification. And that was actually the best thing that could have ever happened because we were able to reach so many more people than we would have been able to just if it was in Australia. The plan was for all of the trainings to happen in Australia. So obviously there's, you know, there's people all over the world in other countries that would not have been able to come. We had one student who was planned to come from Canada to the training in Sydney, And unfortunately, she didn't get to do that, but she still was able to come to the online training. And now we have students in we have students in Europe, in Canada, in the US. We have students in Australia. We have students all over. And that wouldn't have been possible if it were an in-person only training. I'm going to focus on how I put together the online portion mostly because I know that's what that's what most people are going to be doing. But honestly, it's not going to be that different with the in-person training. I created the pre-study. I knew exactly what content we were going to be talking about each day. And then that's what we talked about each day. To make it an online training, I just took what we're going to be talking about each day, broke it up into smaller portions so that we could have different videos. And we did it that way. It was It transferred really well from in person to online and it made it even better because it meant I could spend a lot longer with the students rather than just seven days. I could spend a lot longer with the students. We could get really specific with each student. We could give 
feedback, that's the most important thing. We could give feedback and we could supervise way better than if we were doing it in person. Because with the in-person training, it was all great that I could tell you what to do and then you could go and practice and I could kind of come by and say, yes, do it like this. Yes, do it like this. But I had multiple students to supervise all at the exact same time. So I couldn't see every single thing you were doing in each technique. I couldn't watch you do an entire parts integration and then give you specific feedback when we were doing the in-person training. But now that it's online, I can. I can watch you do the entire technique or me or Jenny, who also grades our tests and demonstration videos. We can watch you do the entire technique and then give you feedback on your entire on the entire thing in person we can't do that and we can give really specific feedback now because we have more time to watch and re-watch all of your demonstrations and you have more time to go through all of the feedback and integrate and go over it again and again because we write out the feedback as we are watching your videos and then we record a screen share of us going through the feedback that we've just written for you to tell you exactly why we gave you the feedback, what you did well, what you could improve if you need to resubmit something. So it it's just works so much better online for, for supervision and feedback. Now, these were some of the priorities that I had when I was creating this program. The, there were three priorities I had. Hands-on experience for the, for the students. I wanted each student to get hands-on experience, not just me tell you something and then you go and start using it with clients. I wanted to give you real experience practicing the techniques, getting supervision and getting feedback so that when you are certified and you are able to use these techniques with clients, you can get straight in there and start practicing them and start using them straight away. You don't need to essentially you don't need to practice. You've already practiced while you're in the course, having supervision and feedback at the same time. So then you go to work with a client, you have, you're fully confident and you also, you have testimonials from clients that you've already worked with. This could be the practice people that you're working with during the course, other students, friends, family, the people that you practice with. So my priorities were and are hands-on experience, expert supervision and expert feedback. And I already mentioned what the supervision and feedback looks like. So there's supervision when we do things on Zoom, but again, it's if, if it's just done on Zoom, it's not the same as when I watch videos of you doing things. On Zoom, I have to jump through breakout room to breakout room to breakout room. And when that happens, I'm missing a lot of stuff. Like I don't see everything that's happening in each group at the same time and having someone jump into your Zoom breakout room is distracting, especially now because they have the the notification that comes up that says, this person has joined the room or this meeting is being recorded. Like every single time you go into a new room, it's really distracting for the student students. So I try and avoid that as much as possible. We do Zoom rooms sometimes, but not for 
times when we're fully practicing a technique and the client, the student needs to be in practice mode. I'll jump around when we're having conversations and doing some brainstorming, but it's too distracting otherwise. And it's not good because we miss things. So those were the priorities that I started with. Those are the things that I knew I wanted to include. And you're going to do the same thing when you're creating a course, a coaching program, a group program, whatever it is, you need to figure out, okay, what are my priorities here? Because these are the things that are going to help you stand out from other people who are creating courses and programs on the same thing. Because the reality is someone is probably also doing a course on the same thing you're doing a course on. It's not about doing it on a different topic. It's about how can you make it different from the way that other people are doing it and how can you create it so that it benefits your students or clients the most? How can you focus it on them so that they get what they need from it, that they can understand it, they can integrate it, they can learn everything that you are teaching. So that leads me into the next thing that I thought about when I was creating this. How can I do it differently? So again, I'm not the only one with a coach certification. There are other people doing coach certifications. And at the time, a lot of them were teaching the same thing as me, doing it the exact same way because it was very new. It was a very new thing to have a coach certification that teaches NLP and hypnosis and, and all of those things. So a lot of us were doing it the same way at the same time. That's because we were taught to do it that way from people who were also doing it that way. And I've since changed the way that I do it, changed the way that I teach, changed the content, changed the format. But at the time, a lot of us were doing it kind of the exact same way. So the priority is how can I do this differently? What's going to make the creative coach method different from other certifications? Because at the time, I knew how they all did it. I, I know the people who ran the certifications. I worked with them. I was friends with them. So a lot of them, I know exactly how it was being done. So I was able to to ask myself the question, how can I make it different? And again, we're going back to what I was saying before. It was supervision and feedback, lots of demonstrations, lots of opportunity to ask questions and practice. The hands-on experience is a top priority and not just learning from a video and then going and doing the demonstration for grading. There's, I wanted students to have practice and repetition over and over and over again, getting into the nitty gritty details and not just doing, okay, here's a video of a hypnosis session. Now go and do a hypnosis session. It's okay. This is this part of a hypnosis session. Here's a video on this component of a hypnosis session. Here's how you can ask this differently. Here's how you can do this differently. Then we get on a call or students submit questions and I go into detail. All right, this is how you specifically say these things in a hypnosis session. This is how you specifically do the interview portion of a hypnosis session. Why? We want to create a story with our client to feed it back to them in the therapy portion of the hypnosis. Let's go into each question that I have as an example and ask why we ask this question. And if your client says this in response to that, what should you say next? How do you go deeper? So that's really important. These are the kinds of things that differentiate the creative coach method 
from other courses. And now you need to spend time thinking about the same thing for your offer. How can you do it differently? It's not about reinventing the wheel. You don't have to create a course that no one has ever created before on content that no one has ever created before because that's just not going to happen for you. That's not realistic. And you have to teach on things that you're passionate about and that you know how to teach on and that you have experience in. So you don't have to waste time trying to find the newest thing to teach on that no one else is teaching on, but ask yourself, how can you do it differently? What can you prioritize in your course? And this is where niching down and getting really, really clear on what your ideal client's pain points are. What do they really want help with? What's the problem that they really need solved? And then work on that. Make that the priority in your course. So for example, a lot of people come to create a coach because they want confidence in their coaching skills. So that's where I focus on really helping people get confident in their skills. How do they do that? Practice, repetition, experience, and how can I how can I solve that problem, the confidence with the coaching? And ask yourself the same thing in your course. If it's if you're a relationship coach, obviously we all know there are lots of other relationship coaches. How can you make your course on relationship coaching really specific to the problem that the people that come to you have? How, how can you solve that very, a very specific problem with them? Maybe something that keeps coming up in your market research with your idol clients, maybe you do things on Instagram, maybe you're in Facebook groups, maybe you're wherever it is that you're doing your market research. Maybe something comes up for you that a lot of people, they don't know what to say on dates. So rather than having a whole course on, okay, let's do an entire relationship course on um, relationships and how to get a relationship, how to be in a relationship, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you can just do it on on dating, on going on dates and what to say on dates. Okay. So when someone's going on a date and they're learning what to say on dates and like how to feel really confident speaking with the person that they're on a date with, what do they need there? What's going to, what can you teach them and how can you teach it in a way that really helps them feel confident and how can you do it differently to the way that other people are doing it? So you don't have to recreate the will, but it's important that you ask yourself, how can you do it differently? And these are the things that I did before I even got into the creating content. I'm going to, I'm going to like literally break down the exact steps that I took while I was creating this course, but the foundational elements are really important because I needed to go in, into the whole certification creation process, knowing these things, what were my priorities and what do my students need? that these needs aren't being met elsewhere, problems that they have that other people aren't solving in a way that I can solve it. All right, now I'm gonna break down the actual steps that I went through to put all of the content together. So you don't have to do it this exact same way as me. When you're creating your course, when you're creating your coaching program, you don't have to do it the exact same way as me, but this is the way that I have found really, really works for me and my style of creating and the way that I like to teach. So even though I'm going to give you the exact steps here, you don't have to do it 
this way, but you can take the bits and pieces that resonate with you. Maybe something that I share is missing in your process that's really going to help you. The first thing that I did was obviously I had to love what I was doing and I saw a space where I could come in and do things my own way. I love NLP. I love hypnosis. I love EFT. I love coaching. I love what was at the time time techniques and is now quantum time release. I loved all of those things. I experienced the benefits of them myself. I had been using them with my clients. I know that they work. I seen I had seen their power and how effective they were and are. And I saw a place for me that I could come in and do things my own way. And this is a theme with everything that I do with my clients, with everything that I teach is do it your own way. Do things your own way. You don't have to see do things the way that you've seen them being done. And this is the most important thing when it comes to creating your course or your coaching program or whatever it is. You have to love it and you have to do things your own way because if you are, the market is saturated right now. That's the reality. There are a lot of, even though there's a lot of room, like there are a lot of coaches and the way to be seen, the way to get yourself out there is to do things your own way. Stand for something and do it your own way. The next thing in the the kind of steps was obviously I had experience using the tools I was going to teach. I see a lot of people creating courses and programs and I've heard stories of people creating courses and programs on things that they had never done before. Things that they were teaching on as they were learning it, like someone who who had never launched anything before creating a course on launching. Like that is not in integrity for you or your students. That's not going to create the best experience for your student, for you to teach something that you've never done before and you're going to teach as you do it. I had a lot of experience with NLP, hypnosis, coaching, all of those things. Then I found somewhere to learn how to teach these tools effectively. So obviously with things like NLP and hypnosis, anyone can teach them, but that doesn't mean that they're going to teach them well or teach them in a way that their students understand. So I learned how to teach people these tools effectively, how to teach them. That was the whole thing, the whole training that I did, it was three weeks, I think, three weeks. Uh, I think it was like 10 days. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. We did, we had like three days off the entire time. Um, it was a lot of stuff and literally just learning how to teach things. I didn't even learn more about hypnosis. I didn't learn any more about NLP or any of the things. I only learned how to teach them to people. So this is really important in your course, in your coaching. It's important that you know how to teach the things and share things in a way that's easy for lots of people to understand. That you're not just coming in and you're not just telling people things and saying things at them, that you are presenting the information that you're sharing in a way that the other person can receive it. And different people receive things 
different ways. Now, obviously with hypnosis and NLP and when I'm teaching these kinds of things, learning how to teach these tools at a really high level is very important. That's why the focus was there for me. You don't have to worry about learning how to teach people things before you start coaching. That's not what I'm saying, but it's important that you are aware that different people learn things differently. And if you are sharing things with your clients or your students, and maybe you feel like they're not understanding it, it's not that they don't understand it. It could be that you're not sharing it in the correct way. Maybe some of them are understanding it and some of them are getting it and some aren't. So you have to have behavioral flexibility here. You're the one who has to adapt and change or include more things in your teaching style, in the way that you share information. And this goes for things on your, when you're sharing things on social media, this goes even all the way to your sales pages. When you're creating sales pages and sharing about your course, coaching program, product, whatever it is, you have to convey the message in a way that people who communicate differently to you can understand. So that's a whole, a whole other podcast, which we can do another time. But the, the point that I'm making here is Make sure that you are sharing the information and adapting and paying attention to the way that people are receiving the message that you're sharing. So the next thing I did, and this is this is going to be really important to you. The next thing I did was ask my students, ask myself, what do my stu- students need to know, understand, and be able to demonstrate to effectively use these tools with their clients? And this is still all the foundational building things. What do my students need to know, understand, and be able to demonstrate to effectively use these tools with their clients? Break that down a little bit further. What do the students need to know, do, and have? Not what do I want to teach? What do I want to talk about? What are all the things I can talk about? Because I could have added so much more into the created coach method, but at some point, some of the stuff is irrelevant. And even now I've cut back on some of the things because I've realized actually that's not not important. This thing that I'm teaching isn't useful for my students. It's maybe confusing them. And a lot of them maybe don't even use this information when they are in sessions with their clients. So I cut back on some things. We don't wanna be adding in everything. Just what do they need to know, do, and have to solve the specific problem that my course or coaching program solves? That's what you need to ask yourself. And I also, because hands-on experience was a priority for me and the supervision and the feedback, I ask myself, what do I need to demonstrate And how can I create an environment of hands-on experience combined with expert supervision and feedback? So in your course or coaching program, what do you need to show your clients? What do you need to teach? And how can you incorporate your priorities? So for me, they were uh, hands-on experience, expert supervision and feedback. What are going to be your priorities in your program that you can share and how do you need to how what do you need to do to create that environment and convey that to your students or clients 
in how can you teach these things or share the things that you're going to share in a way that covers all learner types, visual learners, um, auditory learners, kinesthetic learners. There's lots of different types of, of learners and you can we can talk about that in another episode as well. A whole other episode. You can also just do some preliminary research here and just what are the different types of learners and, and find out that way. Um, so that was, that was that point. I literally, I have a list here of all of the points that I'm going through. So as usual, I have to have notes on everything I talk about. Okay, so then the next thing, what do I need to see from each student as a successful demonstration that they understand the concepts that they're learning and that they can use the tools effectively and ethically? Now, depending on what your course or program on is on, you might not need to to follow this step here, right? But I needed to see, I need to see that my students understand things, everything that they're learning and that they can use the techniques effective and effectively and ethically before I can give them their certificates. This is really important to me, effective and ethical coaching, really, really important because I don't want any anyone who graduates from the creative coach method to not understand how to use the techniques, not understand um, the potential challenges, not understand when is the right and wrong time to use these techniques. So I needed to make sure that I could see that from my students. So if there's something that if you're kind of creating something similar where you need demonstrations from your students then or, or clients, then you can do that. Maybe you are teaching your, maybe you're a coach who is teaching your client something. We can use a relationship coach example again. Maybe you're a relationship coach and you are helping your client feel confident on dates and know what to say on dates. So maybe you don't need to like have them successfully demonstrate stuff to you, but maybe you, you can do some type of like role play situation where you're helping them build their confidence on dates by getting really comfortable with with doing kind of mock dates with you. Maybe that's something that you can use to help your clients there. So it's not necessarily an assessment or anything like that, but you're creating that that kind of back and forth, getting them to show you that they are learning and understanding what it is you're sharing with them. And then for me, the question I asked was, how are they going to show that to me? So assessment and video demonstrations. And now we have client practicum hours where the students have to complete a minimum number of practicum hours with some clients and then write feedback on their sessions and then get feedback from their clients. Okay, so now we've kind of done our foundational work here. You know what your students need to know, do, and have. You know what you need to see from them. You know uh, what you want to teach on. You love what you're teaching on. Now what you're going to do, or now what I did, is mapping out each, for me it was each modality and what would be in it, and then I broke it down into easy-to-digest sections. So at first we have the pre-study, and the point of the pre-study is to have the students get really, really confident with all of the new language that they're learning and new concepts and new ideas. Now, the pre-study in this case is 14, 14 hours of pre-study. 
for listening purposes only. There are, there's only a few videos, a couple of demonstrations for hypnosis and, and I think that's it. A lot of it is just listening, not taking notes, not taking notes because we're not learning here. The, the point of the pre-study in this case for me, I decided wasn't to learn. It was just to start gaining a foundation knowledge because then we go into the core content and the core content is the pre-study had everything that the core content has. It was all, we talked about all of the techniques. We talked about all of the things, like literally every single technique that you learn in the core content we talk about in the pre-study, but we go way deeper in the core content. And this is where the learning happens. Now we're in the core content. This is where we're going to dive deep into why each technique is important, what each technique actually entails and how to do it. And then I had to decide on the, the best delivery method. What's the best way that I can convey this content to my students? What's the best way that I can get the message across in a way that they're going to understand and that they can start to put the puzzle pieces together. So there's a few different ways you can do this. You can do audio only where it's just audio lessons. But the thing with that is you're not going to be uh, covering all of their learner types. There are going to be some people who do fine with just audio, but some people want to see something on the screen to follow along with. So maybe some people like to see words as well. And they like to read what it is that they're doing. So you can choose what's going to be best for you. You can include slides. You can do just a face to cam, like YouTube video style of you talking to the camera with like no slides if you want. For me, I prefer having uh, slides with me doing a voiceover and I have found that uh, not having my face is better for the students being able to focus on the slides and what's in front of them and also for editing purposes because editing while my face is on the screen, for me, I don't love that because um, when I want to cut something out, I don't want them to get distracted by the fact that something has just been edited because if my face is there, they'll be able to tell that something's been edited. But if it's just slides, you can't tell that it's been edited because the slide doesn't change. I hope that makes sense. So you get to decide on the delivery method. What's the best way for you to convey this message that you need to share that's going to help your, your students actually get the information? Maybe... Maybe it's maybe face to cam is going to work best for you. Maybe slides with a video with you in the corner, your face in the corner is going to work best with you. Maybe you also have um, workbooks. So the students in the creative coach method get a, a practitioner manual that has literally everything in there as well. All of the scripts, all of the the why and the what and the how everything is all in there as well. So then what I do is I draft each specific training to make sure I cover all of the points. So I do this in a Google Doc. I literally sit around typing up every single thing that I need to talk about in 
the uh, in each training. So I've got the breakdown of what I'm including each training, the modalities, what's going to be in it. I've broken it down into easy to digest sections. And then I'm saying, okay, when it comes to code of ethics and confidentiality, what do the students need to know? And I literally type up every single thing because what I'm doing here is creating a script for me to use when I'm reading the slides. So the next thing is when I put everything into slides, I have minimal text on the slides so that the students have to pay attention to what I'm saying and to what's on the screen. And they're not getting confused with all of the words on the screen. Like I'm not going to write out literally every single piece that I have in my training. I'm not going to put that all into the slides. I put in key sentences, key words into the slides, images when necessary. And then I use the document that I created in the previous step as a script. I have two, when I'm recording my slides, I have two screens on. I have one that is the slides that is screen recording. And then I have the other screen that is that Google doc that I've created. That's literally every single word. So I also make sure I reference specific pages in our practitioner manual so that the students can easily find the right point in the book to take notes. So if you need to reference anything in your training, if you need to reference a workbook, if you need to reference a video, if you need to reference anything somewhere for your students to look to find the information that you're talking about, make sure you include that in your slides as well. And then I, as I mentioned, I record the slides and then I record technique demonstrations. So for me, technique demonstrations are really, really important so that the students can see, how, get examples of how techniques are done. I don't like to have too many demonstrations, although the students ask for lots of demonstrations. I don't like to include too many demonstrations because one, then students are going to get caught up in watching all the demonstrations before they practice. Two, they could get caught up with their practice sessions didn't look like any of mine, so they might be doing it something wrong. I want to show them how it's done once and then go and get them to practice to get the experience and the knowledge. I don't want to them to think that they're getting practice and experience and knowledge from watching lots of videos of me doing something. I want them to get out there and do it and get the information and the feedback and everything that they need from their, their own experiences. And at the end of each demonstration, I have a debrief. So I, I, I'll have a technique, I'll do a technique with a client and that's going to be the demonstration. And then at the end of that, I just talk just to the camera, no client, just me saying, okay, this is what happened in that session. This is what I did wrong. This is what I did right. This is what I would do differently. These are some tips that I remembered to tell about. So if you're doing any demonstrations, you can do that too. Include the things that are important, but then come back and you can do a debrief um, if you need to, if it's like a live demonstration, but you can include if you need to do screen shares with your students, these are really important things. So if you need to do any screen shares of you doing things like Loom is a really good tool for that. You can also use QuickTime if you have a Mac. You can use QuickTime to record audio. You can use QuickTime to uh, record your screen and you can use QuickTime to record video. That's how I record a lot of my videos. I have a webcam 
and uh, I just turn on QuickTime and it's like record a movie, I think it is. And that's how I record stuff. So after that, everything's uploaded to our online campus in specific sections. So again, everything's broken down into steps. Okay, here's where you start. Here's, there's a, a module in there that explains the, what they need to do. Okay, this is your very first step. This is your second step. Here's the checklist for completion. Here's the tests. Here's how you create all your demonstration videos to make it really, really easy for the students to, to, to be successful in the course. And think about when your student or your, your client first signs up to work with you, what are the questions that they're going to have? What might be some things that they're concerned about? And how can you help them in that moment? What do they very first need to know as soon as they sign up with you? And include that information there for them straight away. You can have something that's set up like a welcome pack that introduces you to your client, to starts to build that rapport, that, uh, that answers those questions that they have right at the very beginning. So that's the breakdown of what goes into creating a high value, high touch program. I wanted to share this with you so that you could get an understanding of the process that it goes through creating a course or a program. Sometimes you can get them out real quick, but if it's a high touch program, if it's a high value program, there's going to be a lot of stuff that goes into the, the creation. You're going to make sure you need to make sure that you are really, really creating that value that has someone come into the program, that has someone come into your course and say, this is amazing. And there are other ways that you can do that that don't necessarily come from the content. So creating that sense of community and that sense of connection between you and your clients and your students is also really, really important. We have a community for the Creator Coach Method, which is actually on Vibly. Vibly is pretty cool. Uh, it, it works as a website and an app. And that's where we have, it's kind of like, kind of like Slack where you can have different, um, I don't know, what are they, whatever they're called, chats based on different topics. And you can have that in Viably. You can set challenges, which is something that I really like, the ability to create challenges in Viably that people can come along to. Um, and also that sense of connection. Now, something that I recommend that you do, and you can start this right now, is some type of CRM, Customer Relationship Management. So this is a, a tool where you can keep track of all of your clients, all of your students, and all of your leads. Maybe you already have this. I think there are there are programs out there like HoneyBook and Dubsado that do things like this. I use HubSpot, and the way that I use it is to... When a student joins Creative Coach Method, their information is automatically put into HubSpot and we can use this to communicate with students, but also to put in notes about them. So if a student is launching a group program, I can put that note in there, in, in their kind of file so that I can remember that this person has a group coaching program coming up. So the next time I talk to them, I can ask them about it or I can look into their file and say, oh, they just had their their launch of their group program, I'm going to go and ask how it went. Ask if they need anything from me, if they need any support. So 
a custom relationship tool is really, really awesome for that. And then we can have other people. Obviously, I have other people who help me do things that also need to connect with um, my students to email them and ask them questions so I can have other people come in and do that kind of stuff too. So that is something that I really recommend that you do. You start doing, and it doesn't just have to be with your students and clients. This can be with leads, so people who message you on Instagram about joining your coaching program or course, and you can put, you can create a file for them and say, okay, this person on this date and stay in contact with them, look on their Instagram, take notes of, oh, they just did this thing. Oh, got married on this date or whatever it is so that you can connect with them again in the future. And you have a way to know what is happening in their life. So you can build that genuine connection with them. And you can also do this for people that you meet. It can just be anyone that is a well-connected person, someone who you want to stay in touch with, a good contact, someone for networking. You can add that into your CRM as well. So you can know when their birthday is or know what they're doing in their business and what you talked about when you met them. Okay. That was a lot for this episode. So I'm going to leave it here. I hope you were able to take something from this. Obviously, creating a certification, there is a lot more required of my students and a lot more required of me to be able to train at the highest level possible, the level that's needed for the students to graduate, being able to use these tools effectively and ethically. But hopefully you take something that I've shared and incorporated into your own course creation or coaching program creation process to help you really stand out and to show you that you can do things differently and that you should do things differently. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. The priorities here are doing things your own way and doing things in a way that's going to benefit your students and really figuring out what's the goal of your your offer. What's the end result? What's the problem that you are helping your people solve and really focusing in on that and finding unique and creative ways to help them solve that problem. All right, that's enough for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in our next episode. Bye.